welcome back to When in Romance, where we get to talk about all things romance, romance landia, and whatever else you want to call romance. <laughs> I am Jess. And I am Trisha, here for whatever we call this land of romance. And even though it is evening time and I've had a second cup of Earl Grey, my brain is not working on all of its functions. But we are recording on a lovely Thursday, October 26th, 2023. It is in the 70s in Arizona right now, which is great. I've been in DC. I just got back from DC today. I've been there for the last week and just I, it was close to 80 degrees there yesterday. Oh no. When I got back here to Western Washington, it was beautiful, super sunny, no clouds in the sky, and also 43 degrees. Oh. So it was different. I was starting to regret having packed my jacket. Oh yeah. But it was fine. It worked out. Worked out. Yeah. My library hosted an author talk with Kiana Alexander, who is a romance author. Oh, yeah. Um, over the weekend. And she texted me when she landed. She was like, this is fall weather for y'all. I had to take my hoodie off immediately. <laughs> and I was just yeah. like, mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah. Welcome to Arizona. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> yeah, we're just like, it's it has rained a little bit on and off here. But usually when it starts to rain this time of year, like that, it just keeps raining for six months. Mm. So the good news is, uh, if we can get through Halloween without the rain starting. I think I, there's that's all we can ask for. My fingers are crossed for you. Thank you. But I feel like I actually really want to hear cuz I've seen I've seen the agenda. Mm-hmm. I've seen the title of the book that you are reading. Speaking of fall, I feel like you're jumping into Christmas and I feel like you're jumping into a series that I have long loved and talked about. So I need to know, Jess, can you tell us more about what you are reading? I am reading A Christmas to Remember by Beverly Jenkins. It is indeed the newest book in the Blessings series. And I have jumped in and out of the Blessings series. So mm. because of the way that it's it's formatted, uh, that's not the mm-hmm. best word for it, but it's the only one I could think of. Like structured, kind of? Structured! That's yeah. it. Because of the way that it's structured, there are some things I'm like, I don't know what happened in the last book. I'll go back and read that at some point. But I get to talk to Miss Bev at an event with the Gwinnett County Public Library next week, or if you're listening to this on Monday this week. So I am preparing um, and I wanted to read it as close to the event as possible without not without having to scramble to read it, you know, um, so that I could actually remember things that happened and people's names. Fair. Luckily, I also have it in my hands so that I can also do refer that. Yeah. But there are also like a lot of characters in those books, like especially by book 11. Mm-hmm. It would be legit for you to not remember like... You have to for sure remember, like, Bernadine. Oh, yeah. Who could forget Bernadine? Who could forget Cletus? Like... Yes. Th- those are those are the two characters. There are a few. Never yes. forget. <laughs> yes. Cletus the pig. <laughs> Who I thought had died. I don't, whatever. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Is, it, is, it a, is it a virtual... Like, could people potentially tune in? Or is it an in-person sort of, like, you should be in Gwinnett County to participate situation? It is a virtual event, um, and I believe if you wander over to the Gwinnett County Public Library website, 
you should be able to find the information about that. I don't think there is a cap on attendees unless it's at like 500. Um, so, um, if you are interested, it is on Thursday, November 2nd. Well, I will poke around a little bit and see if it looks like multiple Wine and Romance listeners are welcome. I will see if I can link to it in the show notes. If it looks like it's a more private event, then we'll just talk about it again another time. Okay. If it is another private event, I apologize to those of you who are like, what? (laughs) But- it's fine. I'm hoping that it, it because it is virtual and you don't need a library card to register for the event, you should be able to go. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, that's I am reading a very recent book. Yeah. About Christmas in October. What is happening to me? You know what? It's I get like, yeah, because this book came out like two days ago. So you are. Yeah, you're like you're on top of the trends, Jess. I am. Well done. Well, tell me about what you're reading. Uh, So this is a little bit of a cheat because as you will learn later, I am reading the three books that I'm going to talk about later. So (laughs) I have not actually started this book. But the next book on my TBR is a book called Violet Made of Thorns. It's by Gina Chen. It's actually a YA fantasy romance. And the reason that it has jumped to the top of my TBR, the reason I'm talking about it is because it was recommended by our very own lovely, wonderful audio editor, Jen Mm -hmm. Sink, who we have been talking about and who has frankly been like a shadow third member of our podcasting team Mm -hmm. with all of her magic and loveliness for the last at least four years, probably longer. I mean... We're at episode 139. The vast majority of them, the vast, vast majority of them have been edited by Jen. Mm-hmm. And we are actually entering a new phase of one in romance. Book Riot has made the decision to bring their audio podcasting editing in-house. Uh, so this is our final episode, for now at least, uh, with the wonderful, magical third party of the one in romance team for now jen zinc and so this is one that she recommended when we were looking for sci-fi fantasy romances gosh a year and a half ago maybe and i'd had it flagged because Mm. jen is so smart and in addition to being so skilled and actually to the point where people have commented on how great the audio editing is in our podcast which is a never happens and b (laughs) is like the nerdiest most wonderful thing uh, that's how ta- you know Jen is incredible and so talented. Mm-hmm. But she also is a huge reader. She like knows so many things. She's just fantastic all around. And so I am ashamed that I did not get to this book wreck of hers until now. But it has jumped to the top of my list because I've been thinking a lot about um, Jen and the impact that she has had on our podcast and on our reading lives and just in general on our lives as a wonderful human being. So. I'm planning to read Violet Made of Thorns by Gina Chen and then bother Jen on like Blue Sky or something <laughs> uh, about my thoughts with it. But I did want to take a quick minute to just sort of acknowledge the really pivotal, incredible, important role that Jen has played over the course of our last 139 episodes, even before she was technically on board. She was still impacting us, her spirit. Mm-hmm. We could yes. feel it in the in the ether. <laughs> So yeah, it, I mean, still, we will have, you know, Caitlin is a wonderful audio editor. That's who we're switching to next time. We'll talk about that another time. But in the meantime, huge, huge hats off. If you are not knowledgeable about Jen Zink and what she is doing and all of her magic, get yourself educated because she's the best. <laughs> she is. She is indeed. And it's interesting because my 
next up when I'm done with everything is also a sci-fi fantasy romance. Um, I can't remember if Jen recommended it to me or not, but it was, it was in my library holds. So I have to read it soon so I can give it back. And it's The Red Scholar's Wake by Aliette de Bodard. And I'm really excited to read that Ooh. one because it like, even the cover is just like really cool. Yeah. So yeah, I, we're, we're, we're doing the sci-fi thing in honor of Jen, even if it's accidental on my part. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that, that's her magic, right? Mm-hmm. Like it infuses your spirit and your life and your reading life. It is what it is. Yep. But yeah, so even if we don't talk a ton about it for the rest of the episode, you will be hearing Jen's influence um, over the course of the next 40 minutes or so, because that is how it has always gone. But for now, yeah, huge hats off. Many thanks to Jen. And we look forward to whatever comes next in our road with with our favorite audio editor. So just before we jump into everything else, we have like a lot of bullets on this agenda, which is good. It's going to be a robust episode, everybody. (laughs) Um, Before we jump into that, let's take a quick break and then we'll do some announcements and get into it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Alrighty, a quick reminder. I've said it before. We've said it before. Jess has said it before. But <laughs> autumn is here, which means it is time to curl up with a great read and get cozy, whatever your version of cozy looks like. Whether you are reading romance, creepy reads, modern classics, or escapist reads, TBR can help you find the perfect books for your fall reading with options curated to your specific reading tastes. Just visit mytbr.co to find out more and sign up. It only takes a few minutes to get cozy this autumn. That's mytbr.co. So there you have it. As a reminder, TBR available for you and all your gifting needs. Indeed. Jess, I'm going to let you talk about our next thing. It kind of snuck up on us. It did. And that is the fact that, hey, it is time for us to hear from you a lot. Because it's time for our recommendations show. Our annual recommendations show is the next episode. And so we need you to send us your recommendation requests. So send us requests for books for a family member, for a friend, or for yourself or someone you don't know. What was it? And your enemy? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. We'll do that. We'll do we'll get that. your enemies into romance. You better believe it. Yeah. So send us an email at uh, winandromance at bookriot.com. Or if you prefer not to email, you can message us on the socials, which we'll talk about at the end of the episode. But email is probably going to be best. And we will have our excellent probably really long episode next time around yeah and i think so i think that episode we are probably recording the 9th of november so if you can send by like the 8th 
of November, that would be great. Mm-hmm. I will say we often end up stretching this episode into two to three because we get a lot of requests. I We are a little tighter on our timeline this year. We didn't realize quite what the scheduling was going to be. And so we may not need to do it that way this year. But mm-hmm. so, yeah, ideally try to send us what your requests are by the 8th. If they come in a little bit after, we'll still try to address them. But we won't for sure be able to do it uh, unless we get them by then. Yes. Hooray. Uh, We also, okay, we know book club is still a thing. We know that we have not picked our winter quarter four book club book yet, but we have been talking about it. We've been talking about it a lot. We would actually like to do, I would like to, and Jess is willing to indulge me. (laughs) I would like to do a manga or graphic novel romance for our quarter four December-ish book club book. But we've been having a little bit of a hard time finding a romance that has a full HEA or even HFN that like doesn't end on a cliffhanger or doesn't have to be connected into the next thing. Or, you know, we've been having trouble narrowing down or zeroing in on one that's a really good fit. So if any of you have any recommendations, we would love to hear them. Yes, we would. Anything else to say about that, Jess? We would probably like for you to send those recommendations by the next episode too. Um, just, yeah, that'd be ideal. <laughs> just so we can get get moving. You know, a graphic yeah. novel is going to be shorter a shorter read, so we can have a, a little bit of a shorter turnaround, but we'd still like to be able to give everyone as long as possible to get it, f- find it, and get it read before we talk about it. Yeah. So November 8th or 9th, sit around, eat some Halloween candy that's left over, mm-hmm. and think about what you really want to see from our first, I think, I graphic think. novel, yeah, romance book club book. We're excited about it. I think it's going to be cool. Yes. I'm really, like, jazzed about this. Yay. Even if we only find a mediocre book, I'm still going to be really excited about it. It's going to be great. <laughs> just kidding. We actually have some good ideas, but we're just sort of... Not sure that they're exactly the right fit. So we're waiting to hear from all of you. Mm-hmm. When in romance at bookriot.com. Like just said, we'll talk about some socials at the end too. So so that's that's kind of those are kind of like our bookkeeping announcements. Jess, would you like to talk a little bit about what is spicy? Sure. You're the one in Arizona, so I feel like it's more appropriate for you to start this conversation. <laughs> all those chili peppers. Um uh-huh, yeah. Green chilies, or is that just New Mexico? Um, it's New Mexico, but Hatch isn't that far away. So there's a lot of green chili here, too. Okay, good. But that's not what this book podcast segment is about. (laughs) That is not what this segment is about. So uh, Polly on Blue Sky actually reached out about um, a video from Jessen Reed's romance about, uh, I think the title of the, the video is Where is the Love? And she talks about how the new culture i don't i like i don't know i don't know what you call yeah. it no i think that's right of romance really talks about spicy and i see that a lot with especially on tiktok spicy talk book talk whatever you want to call it and she mentions that she's also seen it um on bookstagram on x <laughs> Um, oh, God. Uh, Twitter. Let's just be real. <laughs> various places where basically the the whole idea is like, if it doesn't have sex, what's the point? It's not a real romance, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. And she really gets into the nitty gritty about like how 
with this whole idea of making things as sexy as possible, we're kind of losing the whole concept of a romance novel, which is the romance part, the people falling in love part. Mm-hmm. And it really like, I that's something that I have been percolating about a lot, because I've talked about books that I've really loved that don't have a lot of sex that are closed door that are even like chaste. She calls it clean, Mm -hmm. but that isn't even closed door because there are no doors to close. Right. 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 And so it was just, it's a really interesting thing to talk about with the sort of the idea of so many people, especially as we've been seeing such an influx of new readers over the past couple of years, whose concept of romance is one thing, a very different thing, even from readers who have been reading books with sex in them for decades, but don't have this sort of attachment to the sex, if if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a really interesting point, because it's, I think we have talked a lot about The fact that between the fact that the pandemic meant that a lot of people were turning to romance because it is more predictable and in some ways more comforting than other genres. Mm -hmm. And then book talk has led, brought a lot of people to romance or in some Colleen Hoover cases, (laughs) adjacent parts of the book world. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there are a lot of new romance readers. I I mean, you know, you and I would for sure be able to say if you walked into Target right now, today, Mm -hmm. in where you live and where I live in any part of the country, you are going to see more romance novels on those shelves than you did five years ago. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just the reality. And I think that's wonderful. But there is, this was the first time that I had heard someone articulate something that I have felt anecdotally, that some of those readers are, I mean, honestly, like, the few close friends that I have that have started reading romance in the last few years I've had conversations with them where they have said, well, but that was a closed door romance, which I basically have no interest in. Mm -hmm. Or I am not, why would I read something that doesn't have explicit sex scenes? Which I think too, and even I'm going to assume that the person hosting these videos' name is Jessen because they're called Jessen Reads Romance. Mm -hmm. So one of the points that Jessen made by the end was that she hates the term spicy because it's, you know, like, how do you even know what that means for someone? It's also just such silly sort of innuendo. Like Mm -hmm. we're talking about sexual content, Mm -hmm. right? Like how much explicit sex is there in this book or not? And so I think it is, I don't know. I mean, I think I have a hard time relating to the idea that a book that doesn't have explicit sexual content is of no interest to someone because that's just not true for me. Like I feel like I read on a fairly broad spectrum of non books with no sexual content to books with mm, that are mostly (laughs) sexual content, right? Mm -hmm. But I also kind of feel like there's so much in the world. We were talking a little bit before we started recording, you know, Sarah Wendell has always said that our friend from Smart Bitches Trashy Books, that like, if you are interested in any very specific type of romance, someone is writing it. Mm -hmm. There's so much out there, you can find what you're looking for. And so I think even though I'm a little surprised by the degree to which people are kind of just looking for books that have more explicit sexual content, I'm not really, I can't really relate to it, but I'm also not super bothered by it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think my biggest thing that bothers me 
is twofold. And it's the idea that there are people who are like, if it doesn't have sex, then it's not a romance. It's You can't call it a romance. When Oof, the gross. requirement for a romance is a relationship story as the central arc and a happily ever after. There is nothing mm-hmm. that says that they have to ever have sex in the book. So right. that that is a, a big thing. And actually, part of my frustration is with um, one of Jessen's arguments, actually, is that books with more erotic content don't have as much focus on the relationship developing as they do the sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, I have to push back on very clearly because I've read some books that have almost too much sex for me as a reader, but that made me like so emotional, gave me so many capital F feelings about the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But those aren't always the ones that people are picking up. So I totally understand where, where she's coming from with that concept, but- yeah, like the main thing I want to push back on is the fact that there are people in this world who say, if it doesn't have, not if it doesn't have sex, I don't want to read it. They say, if it doesn't have sex, I don't consider it a romance novel. I think that's the big thing that stands out the most to me. And it's not 100% new readers, but I do think that the new vehicle for romance, especially the way that these books are sort of finding their way to people through very different means without sort of having someone like us as the guide, mm-hmm. yeah. then there are people who think that because they have no other point of view to go to. Yeah. And I think I will just say, I think and we've talked so many times about this, so I, I'm sure I sound like a broken record, but mm-hmm. when you talk about the books that have explicit sexual contact, e- contact content, even to the point of being sort of uh, kind of closer to the erotic romance side of the spectrum, Rebecca Weatherspoon is, mm-hmm. I think, the queen of that. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter how much sex there is in her books, it is always very clearly like a negotiation of what the relationship is mm-hmm. for people, right? It's never just like, oh, these people are just like super horny and want to get it on, which is also fine. Good yeah. for them. But I think it's, yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. I also, I will say, I 1000% agree with you in the idea that, and I almost feel, you know, I really appreciate Justin making this video because I think it brings up a lot of really interesting points. I want to come back to the idea that the book industry is prioritizing smut over substance. I think that she may be right about that. It's just a thing that I haven't really realized. So, But even setting that aside for now, I think she might be, again, sort of overcorrecting, mm-hmm. sort of in the way that you said that a book that is focused on basically the book that's an erotic romance is not prioritizing intimacy beyond physical intimacy, because I think a lot of them can do that. I think you can even have an a level of intimacy that's not physical as you are figuring out what your sex scenes look like. I mean, mm-hmm. I've talked a thousand times about, oh gosh, The Duchess War, the first book in the Courtney Malone series where they are having sex and it's not going great. And they have to kind of navigate what their relationship looks like as newlyweds while they're trying to figure out how to get the kind of sexual satisfaction that people are looking for from a relationship. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's really, you know, one of the things that kind of jumped to mind for me and I think based on your notes and our agenda, you as well, is that 
I also think it's worth noting that like there are increasingly more, but still not nearly enough books about ace and demisexual characters. And if the idea is that a book is not a romance, kind of going back to the point that you were just making, mm-hmm. unless there is sex, then that is very isolating for a contingent of people who are not looking for that in their, or not looking for it in the way that we maybe traditionally think about it in their relationships. And I I do wonder if it is true that the industry is starting to prioritize more and more explicit sex and romance, what does that do to the characters and the authors who are writing those stories? I think it it silos them even more because Polly actually linked to a really good article uh, or blog post from Mimi Matthews about connecting her, like one of her books is very like intimate and emotional and like generally satisfying, but it it is a closed door romance. And she writes about mm-hmm. people who might prefer a closed door romance and people who are on the gray A spectrum are, are on that list. And yes, I know people who are on the gray A spectrum who loves reading about sex, but those people have plenty to go to. Whereas without proper guidance, there are probably people who think that romance isn't for them because maybe they don't want to read Amish romance or inspirational Mm -hmm. romance. And they don't know that there is a whole world out there where they can pick up secular closed door or chaste romance. But for a lot of people, they think they have to find books about ace people in order to be able Mm -hmm. to safely read a romance that is not going to cause them some kind of emotional harm. Mm -hmm. So back to the, the first thing I said, I think they're going to think that romance isn't for them because all they hear is spicy talk. All they hear is smut. Like that's all that they think romances are because of the language that the current generation of readers has picked up to utilize internally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, like, I think there are sort of very important sort of like principled reasons why not every romance should or needs to include sex. I also think like, and, you know, we've talked for five years or so now about how (laughs) important it is that like sex, when it's well done to romance, furthers the relationship and there is a level of intimacy and blah, blah, blah. Not everybody does it that way, mm-hmm. right? Like some people are just writing sex scenes because they want to write sex scenes and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But also sometimes as somebody who reads, I don't know, 150 romances a year, it gets kind of boring, yeah. right? And so I will fully confess that sometimes I am very much enjoying a book, very happy for there to be a sex scene for the people who want to read it. And I just kind of skim it because I'm like, listen, this couple is well established. You're not using it for any important reason. And I have other books to read. Mm-hmm. So like- I'm Let's get through this. this. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Is there like, is there anything important emotionally happening in in yeah. this in this section? No, they're just like, okay. Let's keep going. Right, <laughs> and like great for them. How happy am I for those people to be main characters having their sex scene? But also, again, like, 
And and sometimes, you know, and again, we've talked about this a million times, there are times and places where it really does matter and it really does build the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the best use of a sex scene. But not everybody does it that way. And okay, but also then I'm not going to necessarily read those five pages. You know, I got a life. I got things to do. <laughs> so, you know. Before we close this out, Jess, I would be interested in what you think about, because I do think one of the points that Jess makes and it rings true to me based on some of the just social media conversation that I have seen that publishing sort of capital P publishing, mm-hmm. capital T traditional capital P publishing is prioritizing the kind of romance that would include more explicit sexual content, probably based on some of these like book talks, bookstagram, whatever things. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Does that does that ring true to you? I, I'm asking partly because I feel like I've seen a few authors query on social media, like, hey, if a book doesn't have sex in it, does that mean, is that like a no-go? Is that a red light for you, mm-hmm. right? Are you then not going to read it? Which it kind of makes me sad because I, I don't want people to feel limited by that. But I, I don't know. What is your sense? Is that real? Well, I think it goes back to our conversation from last time about these imprints like Bloom and even to an extent like Avon is doing it, picking picking up those books and redistributing to a broader audience. I think that people's sort of disconnect with picking up these illustrated covers that are mm-hmm. full of sex <laughs> yeah. might also be um, sort of affecting the market, as it were, because you know, once upon a time, and still in some some places, you know, a bare-chested man meant this was going to be a really sexy book. And yeah. a woman looking over her shoulder or something meant this was going to be a less sexy book. But now nothing means anything anymore. So we just have to sort of hope we know if this is going to be a very sexy book or a less sexy book, because there aren't that many books except in certain imprints that are going to be a not really sexy book like mm-hmm. disney's books i don't think are oh, yeah. have have uh, explicit sex in them although they might have mm-hmm. some like fade to black closed door kind of stuff publishers like that that are looking more towards a more like commercial fiction side mm-hmm. of romance but I do think yeah. that the the romance publishers themselves are really like, like, does Harlequin require sex scenes in their books? I don't actually know. <laughs> yeah, if anybody does, let us know, because that would be super interesting to know if there are like specific imprints that have a particular requirement or even like sort of stated preference around this. Yeah, like, obviously, Love Inspired doesn't because th- those sure. are inspirational romances but like the desires and the presents and all of those they seem to have at least some element of sex connected to the plot so i wonder yeah but that's (laughs) now i'm going in like this is very very much a tangent so no i think it's an interesting and you know obviously we need to wrap this up to move on to our next thing but like i do think it's an interesting thing to think about that you're kind of pointing out that I feel like two years ago, we were talking about the fact that a lot of romance authors were getting into 
you know, quote unquote, contemporary fiction. Actually, I'm not, I don't need to quote unquote temp- contemporary fiction. I need to quote unquote <laughs> women's fiction. Yeah. Uh, hashtag thing I still hate. <laughs> not the actual genre, just the name of it. We were talking about the fact that there are authors that were moving into that because it was more marketable, mm-hmm. which, you know, and now kind of we've like boomeranged the other way, right? That they were, folks were moving into contemporary fiction because. They could sell the same kinds of stories, but without the sex scenes, they weren't considered romance. And now we're like, oh, God, we'll have to put that on another agenda and yeah. get back into it. But no, I think you're making a lot of really good points, Jess. Oh, thanks. As usual. As always. Thank you. All right. Well, let us all know what you think about this. Because it was, and like I said, I, I think we, even though we don't necessarily agree with every point of it, I really appreciate both Polly for pointing us to this video, but also Justin for making it. And kind of explicitly saying that she was just really interested in the conversation. And so let us know what you think of it. We'll link to that video in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I have a feeling this will not be the last time we have this kind of conversation. Nope, not at all. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll get into some recommendations. All right, Jess, what are you thinking? This was your idea. What do you... What was your brilliant idea for how we might talk about some books this week? Well, speaking of front list current recently released books. I was thinking about the way that so many of the books that were falling into my lap were perfect, because they are actually some of my favorite tropes. There are, of course, so many books that come out all the time, and maybe I don't see them because they are not my favorite tropes. And they sort of pass by me. But there are some really good books that have come out um, relatively recently, and one that is going to be coming out in the near future that were just like absolute perfect fits for me. So I thought Trisha might have some of those too. And indeed I do. I will have to confess so right up front that partly because these are front list titles and partly because I, as I mentioned, was traveling this week, I have started all of these books and finished none of them, but all of them come well recommended by, well, one of them comes recommended by the author who I trust and think is wonderful. And so I feel good about it. The others have come recommended by our, some of our Book Riot colleagues. And so I am very confident in recommending these to you, but I will say, don't spoil anything for me because I'm like 50% of the way through all of them. So just you know, stick with me, support me in that. Just I'm going to let you start because I think I don't I don't want to push you into where you need to start. But I will say I feel like one of your titles on your list will not come as a huge surprise to the wedding romance audience. <laughs> Absolutely not. And I am going to be similarly transparent to Trisha and say, I have been having trouble with my eye reading. And this book does not yet exist in audio. So I haven't finished it yet, but I have absolutely no doubts that it is going to be one of my favorites of the year. And that is The Marquis Who Mustn't by Courtney Milan. Yes, if you haven't heard. And folks who have been paying attention will remember that we had a whole conversation about why it's not Marquess, it's Marquis. It's Marquis, yes. Yeah, backlist, backlist. Sorry, continue. Yes. If you if you haven't heard, if you forgot the last time I mentioned it, Courtney Milan has a new book, The Marquis Who Mustn't. It is set in the same universe as The Duke Who Didn't, thus the, the alliteration 
which is delightful. Although I keep spelling it wrong because mustn't apparently has two T's in it. Never thought that was the truth. Um, but that doesn't sound real. <laughs> so the marquee mustn't is, like I said, it's set in Wedgford and the main characters are Naomi, who is Chloe's friend from the first book and Kai who is a returning, not actual aristocrat, but his father defrauded the whole village when he was but a small child, and he is basically coming back to make his amends. And the Marquis in question is a Chinese noble name that his father came up with in order to help himself to defraud the entire town. Um, so Kai has gone straight, but he meets Naomi in Dover, and she assumes that he is another Chinese person that she has gone to meet in town, while she is also going to sign up for what they call ambulance classes, which is basically advanced first aid. And she meets him, thinks he's the other person, tells him to come with her, and then all of a sudden they're engaged. Because it's the late 1800s and she needs a man to give her permission to take these classes. But that's neither... Well, yes, that is both here and there. But yeah, like that's the setup. But also he's like, if we're going to be pretending to be engaged in Dover, we also need to pretend to be engaged in Wedgford. So they have a 100% fake engagement all the time with all the people that they talk to and it's great and they are both really bad at pretending emotions so you can guess what happens if they have to keep faking well sure i'm so happy for you that this book came out i am too because i know i mean like we both love courtney milan but i you connected a little bit more with the duke who didn't than i did mm-hmm the Duke who didn't that I did. Yeah, that's fine. That's a normal <laughs> set of words. It sounds right together. And you must connect more with the Marquess Marquis who mustn't Marquee. than mm-hmm. I might. Anyway, well, I'm very, yeah, I'm very excited. I actually, I will, I'm, I'm very happy to give this book a try at some point. I just, uh, it's not, it's not on my list because there are so many books. There are so, so many, many books, books and this is very quiet and doesn't have a whole lot of plot. So you you go ahead and find find something take my time else on your list <laughs> yeah i will say so one of the books that i was reading today on that i started a couple of days ago and i was reading on the plane is a book called witch of wild things by raquel vasquez gland and i i think i came i think it was sil uh silvana lopez who um is one of our book riot friends who had listed this in multiple places and it's a it's a story that in, contains a little bit of like someone having to sort of unexpectedly and maybe not excitedly go back to their hometown, which is one of my favorite tropes. And then, you know, of course, they fall in love with someone. It reminded me a little bit of After Hours on Malagro Street, which we read by mm-hmm. Angelina M. Lopez earlier this year, because it's a person who was trying to get out got out, things fell apart, had to come back, and who is dealing with a lot of 
challenges with their family. So Sage is the main character. And uh, so far, I think through the whole book, I think it's a sole POV. Um, So we're just getting her story. She's got a little bit of magic, as does everyone else in her family. Well, every woman born into her family, they all have magic. Because many generations ago, one of the members of her family offended the old gods. (laughs) And so now they all have a little bit of magic. And hers has to do with plants. And so she can, you know, be able to identify something. She can just sort of kind of control them, name them, etc. It comes into play. But she comes into, she comes back home after some unfortunate situations at a university where she was working to a family who is very much broken. Her mother left her and her two sisters when she was quite young, and so they've been living with their great aunt. And then her younger sister, her youngest sister, died at a very young age. She died at 16, eight years ago. And so everybody is still really struggling with that, and there's, like, a lot of blame to go around, and everybody has kind of their magical powers, and, every like, there's just a lot happening but another thing that's happening is that she runs into this guy that she was sort of secretly DMing with because, like, <laughs> the book takes place in 2015. So many years ago, like 14 years ago, she was, like, on AOL IM, which some of you will know what all of those letters mean and some of you will not. It was basically text before text existed. You would just uh, hop online. It was, like, DMs and Instagram or Facebook before they existed. And she had been, she had this crush on this guy in her high school. And so she was DMing him. She knew who he was. He didn't know who she was. So there is a little bit too of that, like, you've got male sort of epistolary back and forth. And so she gets, and she ends up having to work with this person again after he kind of broke her heart unknowingly. This poor guy, his name is Tennessee, which (laughs) I'm still not sold on that as a name. We'll come back to that another time. Uh, He goes by 10. And she... This poor guy, frankly, has no idea that he has, that she was in love with him and he broke her heart. He, like, knows that he was DMing with some rando on AOL for a long period of time in high school. And so, mm-hmm. like, in fairness to him, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's a rough situation. But mm-hmm. anyway, I, like I said, I'm about halfway through and so far it is a delight, but it is... It's complicated. Like, it's all of, like, the soapy stuff that I really appreciate and that she has a history with this guy. She kind of has a crush on this other guy. She has lost one sister, which is really sad, but her other sister also kind of hates her. And Mm -hmm. she, as her sister's boyfriend, is a terrible human being on purpose because he is the worst. And it's a lot. But so far, it is just sort of really lovely and kind of one of those hometown but not really wanting to be in a hometown kind of books. So anyway, that's The Witch of Wild Things. I would recommend it. Trisha, that's the other green book. That's the oh, one. Oh, it's totally green. That's yeah. The, that's the remember a couple whenever it was that oh, I couldn't yeah. remember the name mm-hmm. of a book. It was that yep. one. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, it all comes full circle. Here we are. It all comes Here we full are. circle. All right. Well, what else do you have for us, Jess? Green books or otherwise? Well, this one isn't green. It's very much not green. And this is when I finished because I listened to it on audio. The audiobook is absolutely spectacular. If you have an option, I definitely recommend that. But I also own it in print so I could put it on my shelf 
and look at it whenever I'm sad. Um, and that is Aww. Stars in Your Eyes by Case and Calendar. Um, it is his first adult full length romance. And it is just, oh, it's so messy and hard and heartbreaking and devastatingly beautiful. But Aww. it's a romance novel, so it has an HEA. And I was banking on that. Because it's one of those, how on earth are they coming back from this kind of stories? But because it deals with, I'm going to offer you some very light content notes. You're going to have to read the the front of the book to get more of them. It deals with past sexual assault and abuse, uh, child abuse, childhood trauma, adulthood trauma like trauma responses cheating like there's a lot of stuff that happens in this book that i know that there are people who might not really gravitate towards those but if you do then this is this is the book y'all and the thing that it has that falls into my favorite tropes is fake dating So you think it's going to be this, like, rom-com between two actors who are acting in their first gay rom-com together and have been told by their PR department that they need to be in a fomance. You think it's going to be cute and fun. And it is cute and fun. It's cute and fun. Sure. But there is also all of this other stuff going on. They both have their own really bad responses to things, their own really bad like coping mechanisms when it comes to things. It's grumpy sunshine. It's sweater disaster. It's all of my favorite things wrapped up in this like massive pool of growth. Like the growth, I got to tell you, If you're reading and you're like, where is this growth she's talking about? It'll show up eventually, but it it takes some really down moments on both of their parts for all of that growth to happen. And it's also like bad boy, sunshine boy. Like There's so much going on in this book, but it is so well done because Case and Calendar is a National Book Award winner who knows how to put sentences together, who knows how to build out characters, who knows how to build out a good character arc. This is this is probably one of my favorite books of the year. It's probably one of my favorite oh, books. Yeah. So, like, I'm so glad that I listened to this because I think I had a different connection to it than I would if I had read it. It still would have been amazing. But, you know, yeah. audiobooks just sort of, like, dig into me and stay there. So... Yes, Stars in Your Eyes by Case and Calendar. It is not that long of a book, but it is a lot. Like, it's very, like, remember when I talked about Before I Let Go? It's that kind of book. Yeah. It's that kind of book. That is a helpful comparison because I feel like you've talked about Before I Let Go a couple of times. And so now we will all know exactly what you mean. Packs a punch Mm -hmm. in a good way. Packs a punch. Yes. So I will talk about a book that I also have about halfway through, uh, of course, called It's a Fabulous Life by Kelly Farmer, who we've talked about on the podcast before. Her hockey series has been 
a delight to me over the course of the last few years. Mm -hmm. And this is all I basically need to say about this book comes in the description, which is says the sapphic retelling of It's a Wonderful Life Will Make the Yuletide Gay. (laughs) Which is fantastic because it features two women as main characters, including one named, and this is perfect, Bailey George, (gasps) which if you've ever seen It's a Wonderful Life, the main character is George Bailey. Bailey George is in a similar situation in which she is, she feels very kind of put upon as a main character, which I actually, I love, I love a put upon main character because most of the time they're like 50% right and 50% need to like get out of their own way and Mm -hmm. like settle down about it because they made their own decisions. And it feels very much like this book is headed in that direction of validating someone and sort of saying like yeah you're right and people owe you that they value your time and your energy and your presence and your life and also like settle down because you are also like don't be a martyr Mm -hmm. you know like it's a little bit of both and i feel like that's what this is too and they're in lanford falls and bailey has been the person who runs the christmas wonderland that is central to the town for several years but she finally gave it up and she was going to go on vacation and then the person who was running it has appendicitis and is in the hospital it's a whole thing (laughs) and it's so i love again like i said i love a put up on main character also jess i don't know if i've talked about this probably a little bit or sometime over the course of the years i love a holiday romance yeah like i just love like i don't care which holiday it is as long as it's like warm and cozy you know, like, mm-hmm. that is delightful and lovely. And so I am just, I'm very happy that we are seeing more holiday romances that are not always Christmas and always heterosexual white couples and all the time and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Like, I think that that coziness should be expanding a little bit into a lot of other universes. And so far, I'm very excited about it. It's a Fabulous Light by Kelly Farmer. This is also a soul... POV, it's third person, but we're getting just Bailey's perspective. We're not getting Maria's perspective. But you can, as you're reading it, if you are familiar with It's a Wonderful Life, you will get a sense for like, like Maria is a librarian, as was Mary, and It's a Wonderful Life. And anyway, it's delightful and lovely. And uh, I highly recommend as if you are a holiday romance person in particular, but frankly, even if you're not, whatever, Mm -hmm. read It's a Wonderful, It's a Fabulous Life. I'm I'm a mess. By Kelly Farmer. (laughs) Awesome. I'm excited for that one. It's interesting. I really am interested in that concept because I'm not the hugest fan of It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, yeah. I think I've only seen the full thing once. Yeah, right. I I love when people sort of take the concept and mess around with it. So that'll be fun. Yeah. All right. You got one more? I'm going to – I'm just going to do a brief – discussion on this one a because it's not out for another two weeks (laughs) and b because i have not yet finished it but it is um an amazing concept by an author that i love so i can't really see it making any left turns um and that is do your worst by rosie danen i think that's how you say her last name sorry rosie if it's not and this is a book about it's like a slightly supernatural story um, about a curse breaker and an archaeologist who are working together at the same cursed castle in the north of Britain. 
So <laughs> she has done curse breaking before. It's not like she's new at this. She's had, uh-huh. had to deal with all kinds of physical and emotional and mental damage from curses. And of course, he's like, she is trying to scam these poor people out of their money. Curses aren't real. Science mm-hmm. is real. And they of course. have to work together. But they don't know that until after an evening that they meet in the pub. They don't know who each other is. And they have quite an evening together sealed with a sexy, sexy kiss. And then they both go about sure. their own ways. And then she gives him her card And when she arrives at the castle the next morning, she hears him trying to get her fired. (gasps) So now they are trapped together in this castle that is obviously cursed. She's like, did Mm -hmm. you really think that 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 room just set itself on fire? Come on now. And he's like, there's a reason for this. So they're stuck together, a.k.a. forced proximity. Which Jess loves. Which I love. But they also have, like, smoking hot chemistry. So they are in such denial about the fact that they find each other attractive. Which gives the whole thing just, like, a hilarious, hilarious sort of setting for everything. But then, of course, there's, like the curse so it's like a little dark and a little funny and a lot of everything else so that's do your worst by rosie danen yeah that sounds amazing i haven't read people love her stuff and i haven't read a ton of it but she's definitely one of those authors on my tbr i think i'm gonna hold on my last one i think i have a feeling that it will come up maybe in recommendations or in close out of the year or whatever and we're um running a little short on time so we'll i'll hold on mine and leave you all in suspense <sighs> and uh yeah not you it's in the show notes you can see it <laughs> um, if anyone else is like super desperate send me a note i'll let you know what it was but more than anything else we do want to hear your notes and your requests like jess mentioned earlier for our recommendation show which is Again, coming right up upon us. So send those to us if you can by November 8th. If they come in a little bit later, we might be able to deal with them. But anything that you send us by November 8th, again, for you, for your friends, for people you're trying to buy gifts for, if you're trying to convert your enemies to romance, we're here for all of that. (laughs) We're just, we're really here for all of it. Mm -hmm. Before we get into our final, like our contact information, all of that, I do want to give... One last huge thanks and shout out to our wonderful audio editor, Jen Zink, who has been such an important part of this podcast for the last few years. And we will continue to have her legacy of magic with us, I think, as long as this podcast lives. So Mm -hmm. many, many thanks to Jen. Many, many, so many. I can't even express how many. It's true. We don't have, there's not numbers that exist for it. That's part of her magic. Please do find us on email. Uh, we talked about it, when in romance up at com. Send us your rec requests. Send us your uh, graphic novel romance ideas for a book club. 
if you are for some reason Gmail averse and want to send us other notes, you can reach me at Trisha Haley Brown, both on Instagram and Blue Sky. Jess, where can people find you these days? You're so trendy. I'm still everywhere. Uh, Jess is reading all one word on Twitter X and Blue Sky. Uh, I will probably be on the Trash Fire site until it just, like, doesn't come on. You're committed. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Jess underscore is underscore reading on Instagram. And Jess underscore is reading on TikTok. All right. Well, we look forward to talking to y'all a few more times this year. We are starting to shockingly get towards the end of the year. And so we want to hear from you about what our last few episodes should look like. As always, your favorites of the year, your requests, your book club picks. (laughs) Uh, But for now, Jess, I think that's it for us today. I think it is. If you are having a good reading month, happy reading, folks. 